0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What a beautiful break that was
1: from Derby County. And one chop treated Manchester United's defence
0: with absolute contempt. And a chance from Maria once more.
1: Welcome along to Steve Bloomer's Washing the Derby County Podcast. Thanks for joining us on Patreon for another bonus episode. And our latest monthly guest is a man most of you will have had in your own living rooms on a Saturday night, a broadcaster who has covered the biggest teams in the best leagues and tournaments in the world. And... He's a diehard Derby fan. For good measure, it's Martin Fisher. Thank you so much for talking to us.
0: Hi, Chris. Nice to uh, nice to be on the program. Thanks for the invite.
1: We got you on the pod in the first place, Martin, because I'm personally fascinated by how commentators do their jobs. But I'm sure you remember we also bumped into each other at Pride Park last season when you were there as a fan mm. for the uh, on, on the, the last final day. day. Yeah, final day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how hard is it for you to juggle your love? for Derby County with your work and livelihood at the same time, with them overlapping?
0: Actually, it's it's a little bit easier, given the fact that Derby aren't in the Premier League, um, because there are times when, you know, I, I'm perhaps doing a match of the day on a Saturday and and Derby were live on Sky on the Sunday in the championship, or maybe I was doing match of the day two on the Sunday and I could go and see Derby or report on Derby for final score on the Saturday. So I managed to get to see quite a lot of games midweeks as well. I try and get to as many as I possibly can. So I do get to see them. I was actually looking recently at, um, I was thinking I've got no memories. This might be a good thing, but I've got no memories of Derby in their Premier League season. Very few. Um, I think I did them probably only once that season, which was away at Newcastle when they got a two-two, and I'm pretty sure Steve Howard scored because I think I, I lost it a bit and had to rein myself in after it equalised. Charles <laughs> Barnes
1: got one, didn't he? I remember. I can't remember who got the other one.
0: Yeah, I can't. I, I really can't because all the games just fade into one, obviously. Um, yeah. And I remember that season I did go to see Derby at home to Newcastle because that was a at home to Newcastle because that was a Monday night. And I've got some friends that are Newcastle fans who came along as well. Um, And of course, that was our only win. But apart from that, I was so busy that season that I I didn't get to see Derby at all, Um, which is no bad thing. But um, obviously, recently, I've managed to see them on quite a regular basis. I mean, this year, who have I seen this season? Saw them against Oxford opening day, um, then covered them three times for Radio Derby, which was great to do a bit of radio again. Um, And then the other week I went to see them in the um, Carling Cup, the Carabao Cup rather, uh, against West Brom, which I thought was a terrific performance. Uh, Saw a lot of them last season, perhaps made even more of an effort last season because of the circumstances that we found ourselves in. And, you know, as you well know, and people listening to this know, um, there were spells last year when we genuinely thought, I certainly thought at times, this could be my last visit. This this could be the last time I ever come to Pride Park to see Derby County and it was it was unthinkable. Um you tried not to dwell on it too much because if you did it was um it was scary and it was emotional. But uh yeah, so so last year went lots, obviously the playoff seasons went lots, Wembley, semi finals, Ellen Road, which was magnificent, probably um my greatest time watching Derby that game because you know, having been to the home leg and as lose and played pretty abjectly it was really a question of well is it worth it um and obviously so pleased that uh, three or four of us decided yeah we'll go and you know we'll put up with Leeds fans and whatever but we'll be there and you know what unfolded was just the, the greatest night of many a year seeing derby win that 1-4-2 and uh, ironically I'm back at Leeds this week when Frank Lamport is back there with uh, with Everton his first return since that memorable night
1: Wow, it all comes full circle, doesn't it? It's funny yeah. how these uh, these things work out. Uh, I have done some live Googling, you'll be pleased to know, and it was Kenny Miller who scored in that Newcastle what Was game, it? Apparently. Oh, yeah. I hope I didn't uh, say we've... Steve Howard on the day. <laughs> one of the, <laughs> one of the, I don't know, what, five goals Kenny Miller scored in that season, I think.
0: Yes. But, um, I know he scored at home, didn't he, that season?
1: He did, yeah. Yeah, let's not. But let's not dwell on that. Um, no. Like Satanta didn't either, because they actually missed a goal famously, didn't That's they? That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, where did it all start for you then? Like, was football commentary always part of the plan? Was it always something you wanted us to do? Well, I guess when
0: I was little, I, I, I mean, I don't know how unusual this is. I, I i don't think it's that abnormal, so I will admit it. But when I was playing football in the garden, I, I would commentate at the same time. It wasn't Master So did Fisher. I. So did yeah, I. It. it wasn't Fisher goes imagine. down the wing and crosses <laughs> it and Marcus <Master laughs> Fisher heads it in it was sort of, sort of players of the time and, and me doing the commentary along alongside that. But I can't honestly say at that point in time I, I was thinking oh, I want to be a football commentator. A footballer, maybe, but that was that was never gonna happen. Um so I guess I, I drifted into it through um well, listening to obviously T V commentary, but also uh uh, national radio, but particularly Radio Derby, because you know, the way to follow Derby County when they're away from home in my day growing up was um on Radio Derby. Lots of people listening to this and you'll probably know the name as well. Uh Graham Richards was was uh a hero of mine growing up. Uh and yeah. I listened to his every word and you know, listening to a live game with him commentating was fantastic. So maybe that was the first time when I thought, oh that would be brilliant and maybe I could do something like that. And then of course a few years later I found myself in Radio Derby's little Ford Fiesta, thundering down the M1 on my way to the likes of Watford and and Southampton and Luton and, uh, you know, living the life,
1: living the dream. Yeah, it's always Graham Richards for me as well. Like, I think we've, we've talked about him a lot of times in the podcast and I just, even in my head now, I can just hear him saying things like, oh, that was a wretched ball from Gabby Adini or something yes. like that, you know, and I'm back in my bedroom as a 14-year-old or something, you know, yeah. it's just... Uh, he really painted a picture.
0: Graham's stories are superb um, because uh, you know he spins such a good yarn. And uh, well, one of the stories he often tells to my expense is is um, involves Paul Gascoigne. Have you have you heard that one? Uh, Paul Gascoigne is is in his pomp at Newcastle. This was I think this was probably his last couple of months at Newcastle before he moved on to Spurs. Um, uh, and we'd a uh, derby gone up to St. James's the, the previous November, and he'd run the show. But Shilton had had a brilliant game and had saved multiple shots, he'd been superb. And then the return game was on Easter Monday, I think. And and that time, as well, one of my earliest this is even before I really started at Radio Derby. I was because um, I know your mate Kutch, one of his jobs before was to be the the mascot, wasn't it, that Derby County That's so, right, yeah. so I wasn't yeah. the mascot, but I I was the chap that says today's team news is number one, so and so number two, so and play the play the music. I did that for a couple of seasons. Um, so I, what
1: you, so You were like one of Matt McGibbons, precisely. Exactly, sessions, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, but we didn't come on the pitch to do anything because the signal was dreadful. In fact, if I moved in my little cubby hole, you couldn't hear what I was saying. So, so anyway, so so we do that before the game. Then as soon as the game kicked off, I'd come out of my cubbyhole down the tunnel, just turn right past the dugout where Arthur Cox and Co. were squeezed in, and I had I had a seat right next to them. I mean, fantastic! I could hear Arthur Cox all the way through the game shouting or whatever. And then just before half time, just to make sure I I got into my position to to wang on the Bangles or whoever, just before the players got off the pitch at half time, I would stand in the mouth of the tunnel. Okay, for the last two minutes or so. Now, Gascoigne's already been booked and he's trying to kick people and whatever, and he gets sent off about uh, right on the stroke of half-time. So he gets sent off and everybody's booing him as he comes off and he's walking off the pitch, up the tunnel. And of course, I'm stood in the tunnel thinking, oh, this is, you know, I've got a view of Paul Gascoigne as he comes past. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, mm, something's going to kick off here. I can just tell. This is before we even really knew about Gazza, Gazza. Something's going to happen here. And he got closer and closer and closer. And then I thought, I thought, mm. I thought there's, there's a bucket there on the side of the pitch. I looked at Gazza, I looked at the bucket, looked at Gazza again. I thought, oh no, oh my God. And he got to this bucket <laughs> and he welled this bucket, which had got the, the magic sponge and um, a lot of water in it. And this bucket went flying upwards, sailing in the air and splashed all over me. And the girl that was stood next to me, who was the girl that did all the tea's for all the executives and stuff at half time and she'd come and stand there like I would at half time, so she got drenched, I got drenched. all the guys already at Radio Derby had seen this, so they thought it was hilarious. I then had to go back into my cubby hole to do the, the half time shift, come back out, got no change of clothing at all uh and was the butt of many a joke, the butt of many jokes for quite a while for that but the, the other thing was was that the, the the club found out that um, the girl had been covered with water and so they sent her outfit off for dry cleaning and I think there was talk that she got a new a new dress or something from it as well. I got absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing. No, Apart, from, apart from the mick, that's right up there. I know the mick taking out of me for quite a while from Messrs Richards and Gibson.
1: Well, at least you got at least you got. One hell of a story to tell for years to come, you know. <laughs> I got soaked by Gaza at the baseball ground exactly. Like, not many people can say that, can they? And there was
0: no alcohol involved at all. Yeah, Morgan's clearance, Ben Davis first to it. Struck, goal was it in? Oh, what a finish! And it's Jeff Hendrick, the man that missed the glorious chance earlier. Myers, he made up for it with that sweet strike. Terrible defending by Forrest, Morgan's clearance was weak. Davis in there quickly to pick up the pieces. Hendrick said, this is mine. Bang, goal. 10-man Derby take the lead with less than 20 to go at the city ground.
1: Before we get on to the Derby County side of things, Martin, we were talking before just about the difficulties of, of your role. I mean, it's a dream job for... A lot of people talking about football for a living, but up and down the country all the time, unsociable hours, time away from your family. It it must be incredibly difficult at times.
0: Yeah, uh, it literally comes with the territory, though, and it's it's difficult. Whenever you start feeling a little bit sorry for yourself, maybe you're driving back from a London studio at, I don't know, 12.30 in the morning and yet another... Um, junction has been closed off so you've got to drive around uh, Daventry or whatever to get home once you start thinking feeling a little bit sorry for yourself you think well hang on a minute what's my job Uh, if this had been offered to me when I was 18 I would have snapped their hand off so you know don't get so precious Um, so yeah it's a slight inconvenience but not massive
1: a lot of people would know you from commentating on certain derby moments you know like the 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 10-man game uh, Mm. a decade ago and that sort of thing but one of my personal favourite uh, videos involving you and which has your voice in was actually one that you took from the South Stand last season as a fan. I'm sure you know what oh, yes. I mean. Yes, <laughs> the Birmingham <laughs> Pelic, game. Felix Cole yeah. against Birmingham yeah. because absolutely brilliant. I mean I watched a lot of videos of, of that that moment clearly as I'm sure everyone else <laughs> did but your speech over the top of it almost sounded like it could have been passed off as commentary i think you talked about it having to be good and Lawrence's free kick and everything i mean yes, yes. when you're when you're in fan mode how hard is it not to uh, slip into work mode as as it were when you're watching derby it it
0: it doesn't happen that often you'll be relieved to hear um and that i mean i'm not one of those people that video everything and it was really because It was the last kick, virtually, of the game, and I thought, well, if it goes in, it's going to be memorable, so I want to remember it. Um, And I certainly didn't think I'll commentate as well over it, just in case. I, I just, like everybody, I'm sure you kind of go on get it and you just get excited in the moment now my, my son was with me so you know as soon as it went in the camera was all over the place as we all embraced and you tumbled down with everybody else and I thought oh I, I hope I press record on that because that could be quite interesting to watch back Needs good delivery this Lawrence come on It's
1: alright Up you go Up you go Yeah
0: And then it, it is quite interesting to, you know, my, my broad derby comes into it when it's just something like, get up, go on, you know. It's like <laughs> you kind of you, you don't talk like that when you're on the BBC or anywhere else for that matter when you're doing it professionally. I think when you pick up your microphone when you're professionally, you suddenly speak a little bit better and a little bit more refined and you don't you don't go come on, get in. Um so yeah, it was a it was a, a great Occasion that whole day was amazing, wasn't it? Really, from the fan march to um, going two down and Lyle Taylor celebrating as an ex-forest player, a forest player on loan, Uh, and then Derby turning the tables and Bielek had barely played. I think was that his comeback game? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. And to score a goal like that in those circumstances. Um, on the day and also over the season as well which was just
1: incredible. That was a taster of our latest Patreon bonus podcast with Martin Fisher. Uh, the full extended 45-minute episode is available to all SBW patrons now. Uh, you'll be helping support the podcast by signing up, but that's not the only reason. Uh, you'll get an SBW welcome pack in the post with stickers and beer mats. You'll be entered into our monthly Patreon prize draw to win exclusive derby county merch and prizes we'll give you more behind the scenes content and away day video diaries and you can help shape future podcast episodes over on our discord chat channel so to sign up simply head to patreon.com forward slash steve bloomers washing that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash steve bloomers washing thanks for listening